Good evening, Devils fans. I'm your host, Bill Botch, and welcome to The Trap. In today's episode, we're going to go over the 2022-2023 New Jersey Devils goal projections. So there's obviously a lot of things that come into play when you're trying to project what someone's going to do in in an upcoming season. And one of them is the line combinations. And that's pretty much impossible to predict at this point. Um, Obviously, I think uh, Heischer is going to play with Brat, and Hughes will probably play with Palat, I'm assuming. But if Alexander Holtz, for instance, was to make the team, that would change the projections for Igor Sharangovich if he was to take over that spot. So uh, I'm playing it like this. I'm playing, we got Sharangovich, Hughes, Palat. Then down the lineup, I would probably run Mercer, Nico, Brat. Tatar, Halla, Zetterland, and then Wood, Boquist, Bastion. Now, obviously, I don't think that's going to be the opening night lineup, but just for shits and giggles, this is where this is what I'm going to run with, and we're going to try to make an educated guess uh, using some uh, projections from ESPN and last year's uh, output to see where they would stand now. So. Last year, the Devils scored 245 goals, which they were 19th in the league for goals for. The problem was they let up 302 goals, which was fourth worst in the league. The only people that let up more goals than them were Detroit, Arizona, and Montreal, all of which whom had horrible seasons and are in a rebuild. There was a 57-goal differential between goals for and goals against, and we had the worst save percentage of go- of all of our goalies combined as anyone in the league. So we had an 8-8-1 save percentage. It's basically impossible to win when you have that kind of goaltending performance night in, night out. So one of the things that I think is going to drive our goals for up is solid goaltending. So there were so many games last season that the Devils were in a position where they were trailing by two or more goals halfway through the second period. And good teams know how to sit on a lead. And they were smart. And they play the puck to the outside and they don't give up any chances and they take no risks and they control the game and they close it out like a good team should. If we have solid goaltending, it's going to force these other teams to have to skate up and down the ice with us and which should lead to more scoring opportunities for our skilled, speedy players. So I think goaltending is going to be really important. Uh, We're also going to have help keeping the puck out of the net by making moves um, such as John Marino. I think he's a lot more responsible defensively than Ty Smith was. And hopefully Dougie Hamilton will get a full year in. So we we have, I think, Halla is a good two-way center that's going to help out our third line. So we have a lot of things that I really like that should turn into more productivity from our players, especially as they get a little bit older and they start to find their game and gel with some of the other guys that they've been growing with over the past couple of years. So here we go. So Jesper Bratt last year, he had 26 goals. Now, I'm predicting him to have 28 goals this year. Obviously, Brat is a very important piece. He feels he's worth a lot to the team, which he definitely is. 
Um, but obviously you saw the contract negotiations that went on and he wanted a lot of money and the devils kind of gave him a prove it deal. So I think this is an opportunity where he's going to come out and he's going to show everybody what he's worth because he knows that this next contract could be the contract that sets him up for, you know, most of his life or his playing career. This is his big chance. So I think Brat's going to come out strong. I've been watching video on him in the offseason, some of his training, and he looks he's looks faster than he did last year, if you could imagine. I'm impressed, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Brat does. So I got him scoring 28. Then at center, you got Nico. Now, Nico played in 70 games last year, and he had 21 goals. Now, ESPN projects him to score 20 goals this season. I was very impressed with the second half of Nico's season last year I thought he drove play I thought he was finding the net he was he had some incredible uh solo efforts that led to goals the the Dallas game in particular if you remember that shift he had where he skated the puck around uh, the offensive zone basically twice and then cut back in towards the net and, and netted one I think that Nico is going to have a breakout year. So this one is going to be a little bit higher than what majority of people probably think. But I said it uh, I said it at the end of last year, and I'm going to stick with it. And I could be way off on this, but I'm projecting, I'm projecting 30 for Nico this year. Okay, then you got Jack Hughes. Now, Jack Hughes played in 49 games last year and had 26 goals. Now, if you were to divide up the 26 goals by the 49 games, that would add, he missed 33 games, so that would be another 17 goals added to his total, which would be 43 goals. So I got Hughes scoring 37. I'm trying to be a little conservative. Maybe he doesn't hit that 43 43 mark, but there's nothing to say that he can't. I mean, the kid has produced and he's looked better every year. There's no reason that he can't, but I'm keeping it at 37. Then you go to his wing, you got Igor Sharangovich. Sharangovich had 24 last year. He played in 76 games. I got him at 25. Um, Sharangovich, he scared me at the beginning of last year. He got off to a really slow start but managed to um, pull out with 26 goals at the end of, or 24 goals at the end of last year. He did have some, I hate those garbage time goals where they really don't mean anything when you're losing five to one and, you know, a guy cleans up a puck in front of the net, but a goal is a goal. So I got him scoring 25. Then we got Dawson Mercer. He obviously got off to an incredible start last year. He was um, impressed everybody, became the darling of the team, kind of. Everybody's behind Dawson Mercer and loves him. He had 17 goals. I kind of expect the same thing out of him this year. You've heard of the sophomore slump. It's tough. It's tough to score in the NHL. He's still a kid. It's going to take him some time. If he scores 17 goals, I'd be more than happy if he stays playing consistent and learns the ins and outs of being a professional. All right, then we go to Thomas Tatar. Now Tatar got off to an extremely slow start as well. Um, I don't. I forget how many games it took for him to score his first, but I remember it was a deflection off of his leg, and uh, you could tell he got the monkey off of his back. Tatar only had 15. He's not. He he's better than that. I I truly believe that. He plays hard every night. He had 76 goals. I know that it's really easy 
to kind of lump him in with Andreas Johansson and say that these two guys were a bust. They never worked out for us. We signed them. We thought that they could play on the wing with our centers, and it never happened. I'm, Tatar's got one more year left, and he's a guy that I'm throwing back out there, and I think that he could score 18 goals. I think he's got three more in him than he did last year. I think he's better than what his numbers showed last year. It was tough. It was tough to watch, but I'm confident that he can get back into the swing of things, and he's definitely a finisher. He could finish. Jesper Boquist is probably going to center the fourth line. Um, he had So he played in 56 games last year and had 10 goals, and I like him scoring 14 this year. He has a ton of speed. And his game really developed and rounded out. And you could tell he looked a little more comfortable and had some confidence towards the end of last season. So I I like him making the team, and I like him scoring about 14 goals this year. He'll play on on the wing. He'll have Bastion. Bastion played 60 games last year, had 11 goals. I expect him to have 14. But that depends on if they give him power play time again. I thought he played really well in front of the net on the power play. He was not scared to, you know, create a screen and try to deflect a shot, you know, between his legs or whatever. He's a he's pretty productive in front of the net on the power play. He plays a big, physical, heavy game on the fourth line. Um, I would be happy to see him score between 13 and 14 goals. Now, a guy that's really intriguing to everybody and who I'm looking forward to seeing – is Fabian Zetterlin. So Zetterlin played in 14 games last year and had three goals, five assists for eight points. He's a guy that I could picture playing on the third line next to Halla, and he plays a big physical heavy game, but the guy has an incredible release. He has a great shot. He almost reminds me kind of like what the Devils were looking for in Pavel Zaka, where if he could score the same amount of goals as Pavel Zaka, but can add a little heaviness and work well along the boards, they kind of have the same sort of skill set. But I'm hoping that Zetterlin can be a little more physical and maybe a little and harder to play against. He, he looks like the kind of guy that has like a real fire within him. And that's something that Zaka always lacked or was known for lacking around the Devils organization. So I got him netting 14. Hall is coming in. I haven't watched a ton of Hall, to be honest with you. Um, I know he had a great year where he scored 29 goals in Las Vegas. Last year he had 18. I'm putting him down for 16 this year. Uh, He's going to be playing on a third line. If he plays with Zetterlin, he's going to have a young winger. And then I got Tatar on the left of him. So I have him. I'd be happy if Hall came in and scored 16 now, now Andre Palat, I'm I'm curious to see if they put Palat on the wing with Jack or if they put him on the wing with Nico. So Palat last year had 18. He played in 77 games. Uh, and I think if he, they put him with Jack, it's going to open up the ice a lot for him. And he's obviously a proven goal scorer, a guy who he's not a – He's not a sniper or sharpshooter by any means, but if you give him open space and Hughes is able to use his speed to open the ice up and get him some good looks, he's a guy that can put the puck in the back of the net and just finish. So he scored 18 last year. I got him scoring 19 this year. I think he's going to want to come out and be a leader on the team. He's going to play hard, and the guys are going to look to him. And if he gets off to a slow start, especially playing in our top six along our two – 
franchise centers, uh, that could be bad news for us. So I'm looking forward to him coming out and getting off to a hot start. I'm not saying he's going to score 20 goals every year, but I think this is an important year for him getting his big contract and whatnot. Uh, Miles Wood, he's going to be playing on the left wing on the fourth line. Now, obviously, he didn't play last year, but in the prior season, he had 17 goals. Wood is actually very productive for being such a wrecking ball. He does put the puck in the net because he, when he comes, he drives the net hard. So he ends up getting some of those scrappy goals, and obviously he has speed. And if he plays with some speed alongside Jesper Boquist, they might be able to kind of work off of each other and use that to their advantage. Um, so I'm hoping Wood, I'm projecting 19 for Wood. I think that's very possible. I think he's smarter than he was um and he's the type of guy where if you ever see like an injury he, he'll get bumped up to the second line and then on the first line and the third line but if he stays on the fourth line um i'm hoping that he gets let's say 18 goals now you go to the back end obviously dougie missed a lot of time um he played in 62 games so he had nine goals. I'm predicting 16 for Dougie. This is going to be a bounce back year for him. He's going to work the power play. He wasn't even getting the power play time towards the end of the season. Even when he came back, they gave it to Severson, which Severson is a whole nother story. I, mean, I, I briefly touched on it on Twitter today, but the amount of hate and criticism that Severson gets is just, it's so unwarranted. I mean, the guy clearly makes some bonehead plays once in a while, but what have the Devils ever done for him? I mean, he was a second-round pick. I think he was picked like 60th overall. He's a big kid. He's six foot two, right-handed defenseman. Um, all he's ever been asked to do is play over his head. It's not fair to him. I mean, he's our longest-tenured Devil. He's played over 500 ga- uh, games with with the team, and he has come out publicly and said. I want to be a devil. I want to stay here long term. And honestly, the devil should be lucky to have guys who have his pedigree and guys who can clearly, there's every team in the league is looking for a big right-handed Canadian defenseman who can quarterback your power play and play the penalty kill. It's like, I think, uh, I think you know, we moved Zaka off, and now the Devil's Nation is kind of looking for another whipping boy, and Severson's kind of always, you know, gotten a shit end of the stick from the, from the fan base, in my opinion. Um, he's a guy that you're going to miss when he's gone. I do believe that. Uh, but with that said, we did just pick up John Marino. We got Nemitz in the wing. Uh, there's a lot of things that could happen, and if it makes sense and the Devils can get uh, a good asset for him, then then I have no problem moving him you know, around the deadline. But Severson is a guy who uh, he plays in all of his games. I mean, the guy, he played 80 games last year. He had 11 goals. He had 43 points, but he power play, or he was the quarterback of the power play for a good portion of the second half of the season. And I think if he plays this year, he could he could net 13 goals. He actually, he, he's got good hands, and he's got a good shot. I mean, he's got all kinds of skill. It's just there's nights, you know, where he doesn't put it all together, and he kind of looks a little, he makes some bonehead plays out there. But I like Severson, and I'm hoping that he scores between a dozen or 13 goals this year. Obviously, Graves, Marino, 
and Siegenthaler are not known for their offensive game. Uh, Graves had six goals in 75 games. I got him scoring five. Uh, Siegenthaler had one. I got him scoring three. And then Marino, he had one goal in 81 games. I put him down for two. Uh, Brendan Smith, he played in 45 games, had four goals. I got him scoring four the entire season. So the difference, if you were to add all these totals up, would come up to 296 goals. So that is a pretty big boost in where they would sit. We would have been sixth highest in scoring in the league last year if we put up that, that amount of goals. 296. You're looking at, we would go from 3.0 goals for per game to 3.61. And you got an extra year in Nico. You got Jack for a full year. You got Palat who can score off the wing. You got Brat playing for a contract. You got Halla who's going to kind of grab that third line by the horns. And a guy who scored 29 goals and get that third line humming. You got Tatar, who was playing on our first line or second line last year, now down to the third line playing with a skilled center. You got Wood coming back. I mean, Mike McLeod didn't do us any favors by scoring six goals an entire season. But, you know, you have, I think Jesper Boquist can outscore Mike McLeod. It's like, you got Bastion. I think that there's an, and you got Dougie Hamilton coming back too. Who's He's kind of in a, he didn't want to get off to a slow start like that. He just, took this huge deal. He wanted to be a force. He wanted the team to make the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. I think we're in a position to where if our goaltending and our defense is better, it's going to lend ourselves to playing in more games that aren't just prevent defensive games where the other team is just kind of trying to kill the clock. So if we get into some shootouts, I think that favors us big time. Now, a couple things that we're going to have to look out for that would change all these numbers is opening night lineup. Now it doesn't necessarily have to be opening night, but it has to do with the starting lineup for the season. So going into camp, which opens, if you could believe this, in next Wednesday for rookies report. So you have Nemitz flying over and you got all these kids that are going to be showing up to camp. And then a week from there, you have the regular camp opens which I believe is the 21st. And there are going to be a ton of storylines. It's you know, It feels really good. It's the first time in a long time where we kind of have a log, a log jam of players um, who you're thinking to yourself, wow, I mean, this, I mean, Holtz looks pretty good. He, if you've seen the videos with him, he's training with Jesper Bratt and Philip Bratt. And uh, I think he has a potential to break the lineup. Now I've said in a previous podcast that, you know, I didn't see where he was going to fit in. And I, I and I don't mean that like it can't happen. I, I'm rooting for him. I want him to, to work. So if it was up to me, and I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say too, but if it was up to me, I kind of would prefer to put Holtz next to Hughes. I think, you know, Holtz's strength is that shot. He's got a shot. He loves to shoot, who obviously Sharon Govich does as well, which is why he has so many goals. But he loves to shoot. And I believe that Holtz's shot is going to be better than Sharon Govich's shot. And I think that the quicker that you get those two kids together, Hughes and, and Holtz, 
the quicker that they can form chemistry and Jack can open up the ice for him. Uh, one thing, Holtz could be in the greatest shape of his life, but if he doesn't come in, if he comes in and he doesn't know where he's supposed to be on the ice and he's not playing well away from the puck, then it's going to kind of be difficult to plug him in where you have a 24 goal on the wing. You're going to replace a 24 goal scorer from last year. So he's going to have his work cut out for him to earn that spot up there. But I do think long-term that that is the best option for the Devils. And I would love to see... I would love to see Holtz given that opportunity. One of the things that worries me is that you bring him up, you play him on the third line, they put him on the fourth line, they put him on the second line, the kid's bouncing all over, and all you're doing is just you're you're ruining him. So when I when I said in a previous podcast that, you know, I wouldn't I'd be okay with letting him sit in the AHL for a little bit and continue to rack up points the way he did last year. I think he had 51 points in 52 games. It's like he's just getting stronger mental and I believe this is mental. I think he's getting stronger mentally and physically. He's he's starting to break out and starting to grow as well. Now, one of the things about Holtz is he, he does seem to be really strong mentally. He seems to be like a kid that lets things roll off his back. He doesn't harp on not making the team. You know, he was really tight with uh, Lucas Raymond, who I was extremely high on in that draft. And Raymond has kind of broken into the league. And, you know, he was in the he was in the talk for the Calder Trophy. And he obviously looks like he's going to be a star and a great player for the Red Wings for a long time. And I was a little worried that maybe Holtz was getting discouraged, that he wasn't getting his opportunity. He wasn't out here. He wasn't producing. He still hasn't scored a goal yet. But he, in all the interviews that I see with him, the kid has the biggest smile on his face and he's just got like his head down. He's focused and he's just continuing to get better. You saw how he... um he didn't want to be part of the Swedish national team this year because he wanted to focus on trying to make the Devils. And these are all things that I like to see. He's got a year of playing on North American ice under his belt. And I'm hoping that he comes out and really impresses in training camp because he's somebody that could be just, you know, he could be low to the surface and he could be ready to pop out from under the radar and People might have given up on him and they say he got like prospect fatigue with him and he could pop up. And if he comes out and has a little confidence and shows a little chemistry with one of our top two centers, I think he could that shot. Wait till you see this shot. He has, it's it's sick and he'll shoot from anywhere. So I'm really I'm really hoping to see him have a great camp. And if he does, it would change these projections, obviously. And if he and if he's thrown into the lineup, that means that I'm expecting more offensive production than what we already have. Now, another somebody's not going to make it. Now, Andreas Janssen, to me, is th- the Devils are going to make a move, and they're going to end up getting rid of him. It didn't work out. Um, I mean, the guy plays his balls off. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, I thought it was hilarious when he ripped his helmet off when the, he got into his first fight. That was That was comical. So he's been good for some laughs, and but he hasn't been good for many goals. And he hasn't really found a spot, I don't think. I think it's time for the Devils. I understand he's still got a year left on his contract, but I think the Devils are going to try to move him. Now, people tend to like lump him in with Thomas Tatar, like I was saying, and I don't really, I don't really think that's fair. I think Tatar did get off to a hard start last year. 
But in my opinion, I think Tatar is more talented. He's more of a gamer. He's had some problems with his previous coaches where he's been a healthy scratch from time to time. And that's something that the Devils couldn't even think about now. But what I wonder about is if Holtz does make the team and he, let's say, let's say they put him next to Hughes and they want to move Sharon Govich, you know, they're going to move Sharon Govich down uh, to, let's say, the third line and he's going to play with Halla and then you're going to have Tatar on the wing. But that would mean that Zetterlin's not making it. And I like Zetterlin. I love what I'm seeing out of this kid. So the Devils are going to have some really interesting battles for those. Uh, I think that third line has got, a, there's a lot of question marks for the third line. So I'm curious to see what what this training camp looks like and what comes out of it because it's the first time in a long time that we have some serious depth. Uh, the same thing goes with our defense, obviously. It's like, right-handed defensemen are the hardest position in the league to get arguably and to have a log jam of right-handed defensemen who are all quality i mean these are not these are not just guys that are out there these are you know dougie hamilton severson marino that's pretty solid and then nemitz waiting in the pipeline god knows what he's going to do in training camp i don't think he's going to make the team but if he starts looking good, I mean, the Devils know that they have Severson as a trade chip in their in their pocket. So, I'm uh, I'm curious to see how how that all goes. The left side is pretty locked up as well. I mean, you have uh, Graves and uh, Siegenthaler is one of my favorite. He's probably the most consistent defenseman that the Devils had last year. So, I'm glad that they locked him up long term. And then, obviously, after this University of Michigan season. Luke Hughes is going to join the team, and we'll see what happens with that. But the left side is obviously uh, tight as well. So we would have 51 more goals than we had the previous season and last year. And I think if we can score 296 goals, which I do believe is possible, that would put us in the top 10 in the league in scoring. And I really don't think it's humanly possible for the Devils to have worse goaltending than they had last season. Uh, it was statistically, it was the worst and uh, we gave up the fourth amount of goals in the league. So I think it would really propel the Devils in the standings. Nobody is talking about the Devils. Nobody. I've listened to so many different podcasts and uh, Sirius XM and they're talking about, you know, I was listening to a boomer and Jake and it was like they had nothing but horrible things to say about the devils so I'm curious I'm curious to see what happens now one of the people that does have something good to say about the devils is the bookmaker in Vegas and if you know anything about gambling those guys are pretty spot on the, so I was looking the lines for total points for next season now mind you the devils had 64 points last season they have the Devils between 89 and 90.5 points. That is a serious jump. That's almost a 50% jump in the total amount of points in a season. So that's pretty exciting. Being that you know that you have to be somewhere around 95 to 100 points to make the playoffs. So you figure if the Devils, if, if Vegas is projecting, projecting the Devils to be at 90 points, that means two or three more games and you could potentially be in a playoff hunt and they should be in the playoff hunt down the road if they're projecting them to have 90 points by the end of the season. So 
all good things. Um, next week, we have training camp for the rookies starting on Wednesday. We'll be paying close attention to that. And then the following week, training camp opens. Uh, I'm probably going to head up there and check that out in person and bring back some bring back some thoughts and get to chat with you guys and see what you guys think. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed the last couple of days of summer and hope everybody has a safe uh, beginning to the fall season and gets their kids to school on time and does all that good jazz because hockey's right around the corner and we're going to be, uh, we're going to be focused. So Bill Botch from the trap signing out. Peace. Uh, uh, uh. Flesh on the mind
Single 